Welcome to episode 028 with Emma Siebold, dropping mama guilt and judgment. This episode is an oldie from the Om Mama Love membership portal, which is no longer available. So I've decided to repurpose this content because the interviews and the conversations from that program are just too good to waste. So I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, I'm your host, Claire Obeyed. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Through my personal brand of storytelling, musings, wisdom bombs, and insights, we journey into motherhood, the catalyst if you so choose to become more conscious, aware, and woke. I'm just one mama following the path to woke, and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. Before we dive into this episode, Just a little reminder for you that the next live round of the Alchemy of Emotional Freedom commences on November 11th. The Alchemy of Emotional Freedom is a beautiful online masterclass where I teach you one of my most favored and treasured tools for self-development, for self-growth, for self-awareness and for healing. And that is tapping the Emotional Freedom Technique. This beautiful masterclass combines tapping with some of my other favorite beautiful spiritual tools and that is learning how to channel and work with white light, learning how to cleanse your chakras, working with essential oils, all combined with tapping. And for the mamas out there, I also teach you how to introduce tapping into your children's lives too, which is a really powerful tool for them to have and to be exposed to from an early age. So head on over to claireobey.com, visit the EFT Masterclass tab and join up. It is only $69 and you'll get immediate access to the member portal and all of the materials that you need to get going on your own. And then you can join us for the live round classes commencing from November 11th. I can't wait to have you join us. Today I'm chatting with Emma Siebold on Mama Guilt and Judgment. Emma is the founder and creator of Bar Body, and in doing so, she has, since starting the business, cemented her place as one of Australia's leading health and wellness professionals. And having launched the brand's first studio in Melbourne's Flinders Lane in 2012, Bar Body has quickly grown to be one of Australia's favorite workouts with eight studios across Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, as well as a thriving online community. In 2009, Emma left her 10-year corporate life behind to follow her passion for health. Training at schools in New York, India, Sydney, Melbourne, and Byron Bay, Emma gained qualifications as a certified yoga teacher, a Stop Pilates certified yoga teacher, no, certified instructor, and holistic health and wellness coach. She also founded the Cult Juice Detox program, which I'm sure you've heard of, called Urban Remedy. And... Not long after that, Emma welcomed her first child, Xavier, into the world. So she has been a busy woman. So it was not long after Xavier came into the world that Emma began discovering the benefits of bar. 
and having had a strong and dedicated Ashtanga yoga practice for years, she decided to then take a gentle approach to regain her pre-baby body, which I think is an important lesson for all of us mothers. So she added in a lot of bar moves into her yoga practice and she saw phenomenal results and that led her to create the incredible Bar Body Studios. She's now a mummer of two, having welcomed the beautiful Isla Rose uh, less than two years ago now. And Emma and her husband Matt now lead the Bar Body team with a love that flows through to all the studios and to every client that comes through the Bar Body doors. They have an enormous passion for all things relating to health and wellness. And Emma does continue to lead a balanced life, eating well, living well, exercising well, and most importantly, loving well. And I can say that that is 100% true. Emma is one of my closest friends. We have worked together, lived together, laughed, cried together, done so much together. And I consider her to be a soul sister as well as somebody I deeply love, admire, trust, and forever will be in awe of. She has a lighthearted wisdom and an infectious energy and passion that I just can't wait to share with you today. She's a special, special woman. So all that aside, let me welcome you, Emma. Thank you so much for being here for our chat today. Well then, Fuzzy, thank you so much for having me, Claire. Um, yeah, as you said, we've been friends for such a long time now. It's really special to be on your podcast. Thanks, honey. Thank you. I so appreciate that. So we're going to dive into a really big topic and hopefully try to contain it into a 30-minute conversation. And that's obviously talking about mama guilt and judgment, which we all experience. None of us are exempt from that, unfortunately. So I want to just dive straight into asking if you could share maybe a personal example of mama guilt and judgment rearing its ugly head one or the other or both whatever feels right for you oh wow um I think I think the whole mama guilt thing is just unfortunately and really really sadly it's it's almost ingrained in our DNA Mm. I felt it so incredibly strongly when I had Xavier I was really confused I I had this idea of what being a mother was going to be like particularly for me who I have you know I saw it as my life's purpose to to have children it was I was one of those I was a very you know I'm a very mothering maternal person and since I was I since I can remember I wanted to have a baby and it was just so something that was I felt like I was going to be this amazing earth mother and it was just going to connect and it was going to be perfect and the baby would fall in love with me and I would fall in love with it. And it would just, it was just going to be my, you know, I would just slot straight Mm. into this beautiful, perfect way of being a mother. And it just wasn't, wasn't like that for me. And I don't think I wasn't really prepared for that, adequately prepared for that. I think one of the challenges for mamas is that we spend so much time preparing for birth Mm-hmm. and not enough time preparing for what it's going to be like to actually be a mother. Um, so, yeah, I spent the first, oh, goodness, the first six months, I think, in really intense mama guilt because, um, you know, first of all, I had a really, really challenging birth and I think had, you know, a very, very challenging birth and, and post-birth period. And I think that I um, had a little bit of post-traumatic stress because of, just the intensity and the the the, the, the stress of, of of what happened to me, but um, and then I have this you know this beautiful little boy Xavier who didn't fall in love with me the way that I expected him to fall in love with me. I thought that I was going to be you know this little this gorgeous little human being. I thought that I would be the the be all and end all for him, but 
he was never he was never really a mama's boy. He is now at five. <laughs> he's definitely a mama's boy, but he wasn't then. And I just um, I think that so there was that, and I was really thrown by the fact that he it, it, it didn't you know it just didn't just didn't click into place. And he he actually probably preferred my husband to me, and he. Was my husband was the one that was able to settle him, and um, it was just this really, really challenging time. And then at the same time, I was also struggling with this identity. We'd moved to Melbourne um, not long after Z- about when Zebby was five five weeks old, and started a business for my husband. And I was really struggling with what do I, you know, I'm not I'm not doing an amazing job, or I thought I wasn't doing an amazing job at this motherhood gig. And then so I wanted to get back into work, and that was when we I conceived of Bar Body and started started working on Bar Body, and then. From then on, it was just this this huge, long, long, long period of guilt. Guilt that I wanted to do something else. Guilt that I didn't want to just be a stay-at-home mama. Guilt that I wasn't – actually shame that I wasn't having mm. this incredible mothering experience that I thought I would. And, and um, yeah, in, intense sadness as well. So I think – yeah, that, that's the biggest, that's mm. the absolute biggest experience of guilt that I've had and it, it, had, it lasted a really long time and I don't know whether it, it sort of strays into the territory of postnatal depression but I found it extremely, extremely challenging. Yeah, gosh, it sounds intense and I know a lot obviously from personal conversations with you about your story and to see where you are now with your family and your children is such a beautiful testament to your, your love, I guess, and your willingness to keep moving through that. And I kind of want to touch on that bit because there's so many mums are going to be listening right now kind of going, oh, I completely resonate. I feel the same. I'm pushed and pulled by this guilt and this shame constantly. So how did you move through that? Because that's really deep and intense and powerful. How did you move through that? There were a couple of really um, uh, profound or, or shifting moments for me. One of them was um, a friend of mine sent me um, this article on Facebook or through Facebook. It was a blog post that someone had written and it was about um, how, you know, the self-talk that we experience as mothers and the the thing that the, the, the tone of the article was speak to yourself the way that you would speak to your best friend. Hmm. You would never say to your best friend, you're not a good mother. <laughs> you're, a, you're a terrible mother. You, you, know, you would say to your best friend, you're an amazing mother. You know, you got out of bed today and you fed the baby and you managed to change its nappy and you kept it alive. You are awesome. You're an amazing mom. That's what you'd say to your best friend. You'd never speak to your best friend the way that we, we often speak to ourselves as mothers. So that was that was a really defining moment for me and it was I made a, a very, very conscious decision just to speak to myself with love and speak to myself the way that I would speak to a best friend, which is totally different. You speak with encouragement and love and support and understanding and compassion. Mm, that's such awesome advice, Emma. And what, how could we not be speaking to ourselves like that? Good gracious me. Um, and then the second really, really defining moment for me was uh, reflecting on my own childhood and my mother who you know, I, I, I hold up to be, you know, one of the most, oh, well, she's certainly the most incredible mother for me. She's, you know, one of the most incredible women in the world and certainly an incredible mother. And she, she, you know, my parents separated when I was seven and she, she held down a full-time job and she put herself through her master's and her PhD and, 
um, still managed to be an incredible mum with, you know, with the time that she had. And, and, and I look back on that and I think about what she taught me, the things that she gave me. She gave me the best gifts that she could give me. And that was how to be a strong woman, how to be an independent woman, how to, how, how important, you know, how important educational, you know, if that's your choice, how important that is, how important it is to be selfless and loving and giving and compassionate and kind. And so she taught me all of these amazing gifts and because they were her gifts to give. And so I think, I think it's really important to be who you are because you as a mother, you know, whether you choose to be a stay at home mom or whether you choose to be, you know, work part time or whether you choose to go back to work full time, you as long as you're honoring yourself, then you're in a space to give the best gifts that you as a person, you personally have to give to your children. That is such awesome they advice. Mm. I think you've just kind of, we can end the call right here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just, just drilling right down into that key point of honoring yourself and what you can give to your children and to your family and to your experience of motherhood versus it, it trying to be somebody else or trying to be the other kind of mum, but instead honoring yourself and being who you are fully. That's that's ultimately the the key to tackling or moving through this guilt and this judgment that we experience, isn't it? Uh, I really, really believe that. I think you know, we all we can do is be the best mothers that we can be. Mm. Like be be we as in you know we're the, we're individuals and we're all different. And I think there's far too much comparison that goes on. Um, with you know you look at like I look at mums who you know spend so much get to spend so much time with their children and I feel I feel a sense of envy and I feel a sense of guilt but I can't because it's just not my life you need to you it's it's so I think if we can stop as mothers if we can stop comparing ourselves and looking outwards and just thinking you know am I doing the best job or am I doing a good enough job I think the best job you know the best job is the best job that we can do rather than striving for perfection am I doing you know am I doing a pretty good job at this hell yeah mm-hmm. I'm doing an awesome job my children you know my children are loved my children are fed and bathed and happy like what what an incredible job I must Yes, exactly. Mamas, I hope you're listening to that and just taking those words in because they're for you. You are doing an incredible job. You're hopefully not a crack addict and your kid's sitting on the couch next to you. (laughs) You're obviously doing a great job. And I think that's just sometimes we complicate it, don't we? We think we're supposed to be these super women who achieve so much, do so much, be so many things, do everything, everything that we never did for ourselves before and then some. And then we're at the same time looking at outward the whole time, trying to find yeah. more references of perfection. It's exhausting. It, it is exhausting. It's extremely exhausting. And I think that I just don't think there's enough conversation around how, how challenging it is to be a mama and how, how much nothing can prepare you for the experience that you're going to have because your experience is largely defined or dictated by your little dictator, yes. by their, by how they are. You know, as I said, I had a, I had a little boy who who really challenged me emotionally because I felt like he didn't, you know, didn't connect to me, didn't bond to me, 
and then I had and, and I thought you know is there something wrong with me you know have I am I am I not is he sensing that I want to go to work is he sensing that there's something else in you know some other drive inside me and then I had my little girl and she's almost two um and Xavier's five now and my little girl was exactly what I had expected which you know she was she's in love with me and she follows me around and it's all mama 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 and that and then it, it made me realize that oh goodness it wasn't me it's just this perfect little human being Xavier he's just really independent and this just beautiful little creature that has his own you know his own heart and his own soul and and he needs me in different ways and now we have this incredibly rich and beautiful and just just the most loving relationship and um but I didn't I didn't understand that it's taken me five years to and and the very very different experience of Isla who's a totally different baby it's taken it's taken me that to realize and I just wish that I wish there was more conversation around this for for mamas who you know who don't don't know you know as I said we spend so much time preparing for the birth experience Mm. but not this huge shift of, of becoming a mama. I, I've decided I, it's, it's almost my duty. Every time I meet a pregnant woman that I'm close enough to, to, to mention this stuff to, I tell them, you know, I tell them what a challenge it is. And I tell them that you're not always going to enjoy being a mama. And there might be times, you know, after you have your baby where I'm like, I actually changed my mind. I don't want to have a baby. <laughs> and, and that that should be okay. And that, and, and I tell the two things about being the best mom that you can be. That's usually, I usually tell them that like being the best human you can be is is the best for your child. Mm. And you gave me that advice. But I usually tell them that after birth. But before, I did, yeah, I do. As I said, I, I treat it as like my my um my my responsibility to tell mamas that it's not all roses and it can really challenge you but it's okay that it's, it's yes. okay and you get through it yes and that i think that's the key it's it's hearing that from you before, when i was pregnant i don't think it fully sunk in and you said to me this won't fully sink in and i, I understood that but at least when i was in those moments going i just i'd like to just package her back up and put her back inside me and pretend that it never happened <laughs> yeah i would hear that advice and kind of come back to the the, rea- the reality that emma's okay emma's happy she got through it okay this is just a passing moment it is okay and i'm like you i feel i feel driven to share the truth and not to be negative and not to detract from the positive but also just to be real because it is the hardest job on the planet we don't need extra pain or guilt or judgment we just need to be real about it and lift each other up And I think that that kind of leads me to something I want to ask you about, which is why do we, why do we pass judgment on other mums considering we don't like how it makes us feel and it really clouds our experience of motherhood? Why do we, not we as in definitely you or me, but why does it happen in motherhood that we pass judgment on other mothers? Why do you think that happens? I think I know why. Um, Because I have thought about this myself and I think it's because we feel we feel perhaps fear that what we're doing mm. is inadequate or that we're, we're not good enough. And so you pass judgment on somebody else to make your choices or your, your state feel better. Yes. Um, which is just crazy. It goes back to that whole self-talk thing. You know, why, why would you want to, why, why not, you know, why not raise the sisterhood and, and, and make, I guess, have, have positive, give, give give out more of that more of those positive feelings and more reinforcements I think but I do think 
I do think that part of it is is that there is these big divides between mamas who work and mamas who stay at home and 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 I I think that I think that there's judgment on both sides and there's judgment because the judgment as I said comes from fear fear that what you're doing you know I I feel it I certainly feel it like and I felt it you know, um, with toward not towards you, Claire, but and certainly not judgment. But it's like I feel, uh, you know, when I think about how much time you get to spend with Soleil, mm. and they, and you know, their choices that you've made, you've made choices to not to not have her in daycare. And then I think, oh my goodness, I had Isla in daycare. You know, from eight months she went to daycare one day a week, and then I feel guilty. And then I'm like, oh, but that's you know, it's just this, it's this cycle of yes. guilt and judgment, and and you, I I don't I don't actually know the answer, but to say, I think it starts with self-love. I agree, 100%. And, you know, the interesting thing about self-love is that if you're filling yourself up and you're confident in your choices and you're, you know, speaking to yourself like a best friend, like you said, you then feel naturally inclined to lift up the sisterhood, like you said, not pass judgment on other people. And then that cycle just keeps going around and around because then there is no need to Mm. compare yourself to other people and take them down a notch in order to get reinforcement for yourself because you're filling yourself up internally, aren't you? You're not looking for somebody else to say, yes, you're doing a great job because that person is crab. You're already full from the inside out because you feel good in what you're doing in your life and who you are. So I 100% agree it is self-love at the core. Self-love and that just, you know, when you feel that sense of self-love and a bit of confidence, then I guess you feel more empowered to be encouraging and, and, and to not let not let it be a thing of judgment just make it it's just different it is just different and that's and you know it's interesting that you raise that you know you've looked at my choices and and I know that you've seen me in some really dark moments and I've just gone oh my god I'm falling apart this full-time mama gig is really hard and tough and I've seen you balanced and calm and happy and thinking hmm maybe Emma's decisions around daycare and childcare are working out better for her than what my decisions are and it's, it's not to say that I'm questioning what I've chosen to do, but there are so many different sides to every single circumstance. And in the end, you just have to keep coming right back to the central part, which is what feels right for you right now, as opposed to what's Emma doing? Shall I do that? Or what's so-and-so doing? Shall I do that? Yeah, we just have to do the best we can. Mm. It's, such just- a, it's such a simple thing, but why do, we, why do we struggle with it? Why do we struggle with it? Mamas? Tell me, why do we struggle with this? The best you can is the best you can. Yeah, and just being, I think I think time helps too. I can certainly say that after now, you know, over five years of motherhood, I'm a lot more relaxed about the whole deal because I see how Xavier's growing and, and I see that I just, that I am just the most wonderful, amazing mother to him and to Isla and I feel much more confident and, and proud of myself as a human being and all of just I feel I feel like I've come into my power. It took me I think it took me maybe three or four years to really truly feel like I came into my power as a mama. Mm. And I think the more the more independent your children become, the more you can see how your love uh, your love guides or shapes them Mm. and so I'm seeing this incredible human being emerging who feels really loved and safe and protected and and embraced by me I just 
just, I feel, it just makes me feel empowered and I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got this. I do have this. So, yes. so mama's might, yeah, it, it, it comes and it doesn't necessarily happen straight away, but I promise you, if you are giving your baby lots of cuddles and you're feeding them most of the time, <laughs> I sometimes... I sometimes forget that's totally cool, but if you're feeding them most of the time and you, you know, keeping them in somewhat clean clothes and they're sleeping, you know, some of the time, I'm some not talking time. about new babies, good, good, goodness gracious me, forget about those ones. They, they, they'll do their own thing sleep wise. But if you're doing all of that, as long as they feel loved, you're, you're winning. Mm. So beautiful. Em, I just wanted to say something. You just said that you're a wonderful mama and everybody listening to that, it just really warmed my heart to actually hear you voice that not about you specifically, but to hear a mum stand in her power and to say, I'm a wonderful mum and I own that. And I, I think, wow, I don't hear that that often. I should. So if you're listening to this right now, mama, I want you today at least once to say to somebody else that you're doing an amazing job and you're proud of yourself and you're a wonderful mama because if that's the truth and we actually should be saying that more than, oh, today was really hard and I'm really struggling and everything's difficult and I haven't slept say that first before you say everything else because I think yeah. that's really important for your self-love to, to tap into that. Yeah. Did you keep your baby alive today? Pretty. <laughs> if you did, I can, I can pretty much tell you you're a wonderful mother. <laughs> I remember getting to Soleil's first birthday and turning to my husband and saying, Chris, we did it. We didn't kill her. High-fived each other. We're like, because you know there were what? many times realized... we thought we could kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I, I want to take that back. Actually, I've just realised that's a terrible thing to say um, about keeping your child alive. You know, we all we do is <laughs> we're just doing our best, right? Just yes. keep, just yeah, just. I think I'll I'll scrap that statement because we we know it's all just in lighthearted jest, and we we yeah, we're, oh, not, good. Saying, we're not saying anything harsh towards no. any beautiful mamas that have lost children. We we mean this in love. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to love, you mentioned about guiding and shaping your children. And I just want to touch on why this is so important as mummers that we do drop the guilt and judgment that we experience from ourselves and from other people. Why it's so important for our children. And, and from your perspective, how does it impact them when you're a mum that's not focused on guilt or not feeling guilt and judgment? How does that affect your children? Oh, do you know what? I, I'm going to answer a slightly different question because I don't know. I don't exactly know how to, how, I mean, I think stepping out of the space of guilt and just being in a space of love mm. is obviously you're going to, you're going to be more connected. But I think for me, I think, yeah, so I'm slightly shifting the question just a tiny bit to one that I feel maybe has a, maybe we'll have a richer answer is that, um, uh, the big, the huge change for me has been one of just mindfulness and yes. being really present with my babies. And I think, I think, yeah, okay. So yeah, that does come, that is when I dropped the guilt and decided, you know what, this is the time that I have, and this is the time that I'm going to be with them. And, but when I'm, when I'm with them, I'm going to be wholly present. Mm. So that's, that's, I think that's the big shift for me is that when I'm with my babies, I, you know, when we, we I, I'm really lucky to work, you know, reasonably short hours now. And that means that, you know, at, at four o'clock every day, it's, I down tools and I am totally present. And you just have these incredible, really rich moments when you can just stop doing the other stuff and just, you know, look into your baby's eyes and, and, and let them crawl all over you or whatever it is. So for me, it's, it's presence and mindfulness, mm. I think is, is since I've dropped the guilt, that's what, 
that's opened the door to me to be able to do that and not be focusing on other things. Beautiful. And I think that kind of ties in beautifully with obviously what On Mama Love is about, which is about meditation and mindfulness. And I just want to add here that what I've noticed with Soleil is she doesn't know about any other mums and what they're doing or not doing with their children. She doesn't know what other way there is to be mothered or parented or cared for. So for her, it's irrelevant that I feel guilt or judgment. She just wants to feel at the very core of everything that I'm connected to her and that I'm in love with her and that she's got that love surrounding her. And that is a reminder for me that whatever I'm comparing myself to is irrelevant because she's got no idea about that and it means nothing to her. She just wants me. She's got no frame of reference but her mama. Exactly. So let's just dive in quickly to... And I bet Soleil thinks you're doing a really good job. Oh, yeah, most of the time. Sometimes she tells me <laughs> she's pretty pissed off. <laughs> you know what she's like. like. She's very Isla vocal. does that too. She says cross. Mm. If she's cross with me, cross. Mm. If I won't give her a lolly or something. Yeah, not Z- happy. <laughs> Xavier gets lollies for successful number twos on the toilet and she gets really peeved if she doesn't get a do- dolly she calls them dollies i want a dolly sorry <laughs> so before we finish up this amazing conversation let's talk about self-love and what self-love to you as a mummer looks like right now mm, i love this question um self-love i think the older i get the more the easier it is to come the older i get and the the more my body changes and maybe changes, you know, moves away from, you know, my young hot body in my twenties, I, I just feel more and more love for it. I think self-acceptance is the first step to self-love. Um, and again, it comes back to that as a, as a human speaking to yourself, the, the way that you would a best friend, like, you know, you, yeah, you're beautiful, you know, and, and stopping I think a big thing for me was maybe six months ago I was comparing myself a lot to all these hot models who had become yoga teachers or Pilates teachers or bar teachers on Instagram doing you know amazing poses and I'm like whoa I can't compete with that and I was like oh that's right how wonderful I don't have to compete with that because I am me Mm. I am a completely different person I'm me and I think that it just opened this door to not striving quite so much to be anything other than who I am and embracing, you know, embracing my beautiful body and embracing myself as a mama and embracing myself as a wife and embracing myself as a human being on this planet and just saying, you know what, you're enough. You're, you're really, really, you're doing a really good job at all of these jobs and balancing as best you can this busy life that you have and these desires that you have. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the, the first step to self-love is, is letting go, yeah. I think, and not holding yourself to such high standards and, and maybe also recognising that nobody else cares. Like, you know, if we're talking about our bodies, nobody cares what my body looks like. Mm. You know, if I'm at the beach and I'm really feeling pre- preoccupied or paranoid about what I look like, nobody else is looking. Mm. I'm, the o- I'm the only one who gives a hoot what I look like in a bikini. Mm. Um, and then, you know, thinking about, you know, professionally or whatever, people, people don't really everybody's so interested we say this at bar body a lot actually we say you know what nobody else everybody else is too busy looking at themselves in the mirror 
to care what you're doing. So, true. so I think, you know, that just realizing that your little, your, your own world is, is just that it's your own world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I guess that's made space for me to have a little bit more freedom and a little bit more of a sense of, um, I don't care quite as much as I used to. Yes. Yes. I completely get that. And that makes you feel more space to love yourself just the way you are. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Beautiful. I like a really fresh take on self-love, just self-acceptance and letting go and seeing that as the first step towards self-love. And, and I think that really simplifies the journey. So it's not about, okay, I've got to do all these things each day that will make me feel love for myself. Rather, it's more just, I've just got to let this stuff fall away. And the love is yeah. actually just there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. So in terms of meditation and mindfulness, I know that obviously meditation has been a part of your life. What What's it look like for you today? Mm, do you want Do you want the official line or do you want the truth? The I official the, line is, oh, yes, I meditate twice a day. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the truth is um, I would really like to meditate more and I feel like, if that's what's coming for me, I, I feel very much like some pretty amazing things are going to come out of meditation for me. I probably meditate three or four times a week. Yeah. Um, and I've practiced all different styles of meditation. And I did one of your Facebook live meditations the other day. I hope you saw me love you. Oh, um, um, and yeah, so meditation for me is, is, I think really, really important. One thing that I've noticed interestingly is that since I've moved to Byron Bay, or we live in Mullumbimby, which is in Byron, um, in the Shire of Byron, I live on a beautiful acre and I've got lots of trees and grass and I'm in nature and I don't feel the same desperate need to meditate because I, I, I am a lot more mindful um, in my life full stop. There's just a mindfulness is, is a bit more pervasive and it, it, it almost, I, I'm, just much more generally in my heart and in my body and in the present moment a lot more. So I'd say I probably practice more mindfulness than meditation, but meditation is also a part of my life. Beautiful. And I think that's a really great tip for anyone listening that if you feel like you really need to declutter the mind, maybe reconnecting to nature actually is a way forward for you because nature just requires you to just be present, doesn't it? It doesn't even require you. It just, it just, does it to yes, you yes you're right by default just simply being in yeah. nature yeah i get yeah. it oh i love that and i love that you're really real about it because meditation to me is not about reaching perfection or am i a yogi sitting on a mountain with my legs around my head it's am i living a life that imbues the, the practices of mindfulness and the sense and the presence of meditation and if that means meditating daily awesome and if it means meditating once a week awesome but if you're threading that consciously into your life that's ultimately what really matters as a mama yeah absolutely okay so one final question it's a big one so I'm going to ask you to just to simplify I know you do that really well but what's one piece of advice you'd like to leave with our mamas today I'm going to go back and reiterate talk to yourself like a best friend um uh, I just think that that is just you know self-talk should be really really loving and positive and put it through the filter would I say that to my best friend would I you know if I was looking at myself um uh, as an outsider and if I was looking at myself as my best friend what would she say or what would I say to my best friend it, it really changed my life mm, there, love it. 
lots of moments early on when, you know, I'd forget napping and I'm like, oh, I'm the worst mother or I'd forget to feed the baby or whatever it was. And I'd go, I'm a terrible mother. You're not. You're a really, really wonderful mother, as your best friend would tell you. <laughs> yes, mamas, you are. Emma, I love that. That is so beautiful. And you've really re-inspired me in terms of self-talk as well to, to use that filter. So I appreciate that gift today as well. My pleasure. Thank you so much for this chat. I could talk to you forever. You know that. I, um, <laughs> I'm so honoured to share you with the On Mama Love tribe and for you to, to pass on your wisdom, your mama wisdom. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was beautiful talking to you. Like talking to my best friend. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Funny that. Well, I hope you have a beautiful afternoon and I'm sure we will connect again soon. Gorgeous mama. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emma Seabold from Bar Body. I highly recommend you check her out on Instagram at Emma Barbody or visit barbody.com.au to find one of her beautiful studios near you or join her incredible online studio as well. Just being in the presence of whatever Emma puts out into the world is really special and inspiring. And I hope that you found her words special and inspiring too. All right, gorgeous. Can't wait to connect with you next week. And as always, just a reminder that I am one mama on the path to work and I hope you choose to wake up with me too.